Hey, you want a drink or something before we record? Um, yeah, can I just get like a Jack and Coke? Sorry, I can't hear you. It's really loud in here. Jack and Coke? Okay, um, let me see if I can get us a drink. You know what? Fuck it. Let's record. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. This is Dallas. This is Kylie. And you're on Chaos and Cuss Words. Yeah, you are. So how has your little break been? Because even though they probably don't know that we've been on a break, we've been on a two-week break. <laughs> yeah, it's been shitty. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I got really sick and they thought I was going, well, I thought I was pregnant, which is depressing that it felt I was dying and I thought I was pregnant um, because it feels the same. Um, But I was like throwing up and then I got a fever and body aches and they were like, you need to go to the ER, you're in sepsis. I was like, oh, sepsis? um, And I like have, I don't know if our listeners know this, I have an EMT background. I went and got certified as an EMT. So I have general knowledge of like medical. So I was freaking out. And then we get there. I had had strep for a month without knowing, and it got in my blood as a really bad infection. Yeah, <laughs> that's awful. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So luckily, though, it explained a lot because I had been like throwing up and like tired and just like not feeling very good for like a month. And that's why. Um, but and then my daughter got hand, foot, and mouth. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, but good news. We'll we'll add some positive to this last two weeks. Um, Our landlord's going to pay for the sprinklers and he got a bid to the speed. So the bar should be opening soon. (gasps) Dude, like how soon? Um, Our contractors have to see when they can get us on the schedule. And then like, we're going to go thrifting today for some cute furniture and Yeah, that's exciting. Yep. How's your break been? Um, also shitty. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there were some good parts, you know, like I, I celebrated my birthday, celebrated uh, my son's birthday, but it's just like it's been constant doctor's appointments, too, because there's the kids encourages us to like do the doctor visits over breaks. So that was fun. It's just super draining. And then also like my son got another diagnosis, which isn't like severe or anything. It's just like, damn it. It's just one more thing. Are you fucking kidding me? And he fainted during his blood draw too. And I felt so bad. Oh no. I know. I was like, I'm sorry, bud. I feel so bad, (laughs) but yeah, everything's just kind of good. I don't know. Internship has just been an absolute like chaos thing. I don't know what it was, but as soon as Halloween hit, it's just been one hit after another, after another. And it just, I don't know. My supervisor also puts the full moon on the calendar. So then we know, and I appreciate that. I I appreciate slash hate that because you're like god it's coming yep it's coming it's coming and it's like a real phenomenon too and i don't know how how to explain it but it's just man everybody just goes bonkers and the emotions are high and i i worked with people with developmental disabilities for 12 years and i will tell you it's very much a real thing we always had incidents around a full moon 
and they always were mm-hmm. worse. And it, it, I see it in the schools too. <laughs> and I feel so bad for, <laughs> I, you know, when a full moon happens because like the teachers just look haggard, <laughs> absolutely haggard as if they have gone to war and they've seen shit. Like it's been, it, so I'm just like, okay, cool. Trying to get myself in that mindset right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, we're going to cut this out, but Lauren, I cannot hear you and I don't know why. Oh, I haven't worried. said anything. I haven't said okay. Anything. <laughs> I'm over here nodding my head and smiling and like, I haven't said anything because I, I didn't want to just like jump in as a No, surf. you're totally fine. You're totally <laughs> fine. I thought, but I thought that I like saw you laughing and then I was like, oh crap, I can't hear her. Oh no, okay, I'm doing my silent laugh. I just wanted to respect your guys's banter back. No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, obviously I am just a mess. It's all right. It's okay. No, cool. I should I should have let you know. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. Okay. <sighs> all right. So I think that this would be a good segue into our our topic today it's going to be our it's our hyper focus episode and we're hyper focusing on cheating and today we have our guest miss lauren hello who is our friend <laughs> yes hi all the way back um, from high school yeah all the way back to high school i am honestly all this week because my son's like di- like new diagnosis it had me doing flashbacks of anatomy and physiology Yes. <laughs> yeah. With my Mr. Gethridge. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, awesome. Um, yeah. So I know you guys from high school to high school in good old Kuna, Idaho. Yeah. I've lived in the Boise area for virtually my whole life. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of interesting things about me, but <laughs> I've just gone through some shitty experiences that, you know, I want to share. And yeah. And actually we have one mutual one, which is the one I was going to talk about today. Like, you know, who I'm going to talk about. And anyways, uh, yeah, just, I'm really uh, excited to jump on this thing I was telling Dallas and Kylie before we hopped on that uh, I'm just really super glad you guys are talking about mental health and really just putting a focus on the fact that like there are real world struggles that we deal with every day and it's so good just to like get them out there and you never know who it's going to help. So anyways, I'm just really excited to jump on and, and be a part of that. So yeah. Thank yeah. you for coming. It's not always the easiest thing to do, but you are so right. It's the top, the like conversations need to get going. And so thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So, All right. So yeah. where do you want to start? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I will, I do want to put out like a kind of like a forewarning. This is from like 2008 to like 2011. So this is definitely some time has passed. It was definitely traumatic for me. So there are some gaps in my story. So it might go from like storytelling to like, just kind of like segmented bits about just little bits here and there of where like the cheating happened. And then, yeah. So that's okay Anyways. because I am pretty similar. I was actually <laughs> going to say that same exact warning. I was like, I don't remember a lot about this time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> maybe I think between the sure. two of us, we can fill it in. Right. I'm like between my like spotty ADHD memory and like the really crappy, like recollect recollection of stories. And then like 
hyper-focusing so much. I sat there and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this detail. Like the more I focus on it, the better it got. But yeah, anyways, so we'll jump in. But uh, I know we're talking about just cheating, but like there's a lot involved, like lying and yeah, just like friendship breakups in the middle of all of that. I listened to Alyssa's story and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Um, but I'm like, I've had crap like that happen. It's so bad. So anyways, um, I'm not going to name the people just for reasons, but I will list them as like their first name will be like the initial. So we're going to talk about D and D is, could stand for Dick. <laughs> D could stand for douche, you know, that's who he was. Um, but anyways, so it was back in like 2008. I was like a junior or almost senior in high school. And I got a Facebook behind my parents' back. They didn't want me to have any social media, you know? And so I totally forgot about a Facebook and then I got a, a tagged profile. It's like a really rudimentary MySpace. And like, you could talk to anybody from like across the world. It was just like a really kind of like not a popular profile. So there's a lot of like weird shit that happened on there, but uh, I ended up getting this tag profile and I ended up meeting this guy named D from Alaska. And he and I kind of like hit it off. He was like really charming, really uh, like kind of smooth tongues. Like he anything that I liked, he'd be like, Oh yeah, you know, I've, I've been involved in that. And then he started telling me like all sorts of fun stories of like, Hey, um, you know, I'm going to go to Boise state and play football. And I was like, Oh really? Like that's the time that they had won the Fiesta Bowl like the year before. And that's like the one game that like put them on the map. Right. So of course it was like really popular to talk about Boise state football. Like it was on the everybody's tongues. And so he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Boise state and play football. Like they actually came up and recruited me to be like a wide receiver. I'm like, Whoa, I've, I didn't know that. That's super awesome. That's super cool. And just made like his life out to be like super fantastical. Like everything was great. His parents didn't have the greatest relationship. Like he still like had all these things going for him. He was a popular kid in school. He was playing football, like superstar. And I totally believed it. I was super naive. I grew up in a really, um, like kind of an, not an overprotective family. Like I still went to public school and I still like had social, like I had friends and like a big social circle, but I grew up like in a religious household where it was like, you don't, you don't get a whole ton of experience in the world. Like you don't get to just go out and do whatever you live by like these standards and these rules. And so I found myself being super naive because of that. Like I did not experience any of the hardness of the world. My parents were still together. They weren't divorced. Like I had a good family unit. Like everything was just kind of perfect. So like I believed that the rest of the world was this way. So when I met this guy, like I took him at his word, he told me he was going to come play football. Awesome. Like he told me he was going to, you know, he wanted a family and kids and all this stuff. And just like, sold me this like grand story about who he was. So I believed it. Uh, we started talking more and more. My parents found out about my Facebook and they were super pissed. You know, they, they took it off the computer, but I saw this tagged profile. Like they had no idea that it even existed. So like I would randomly sneak on, of course, cause I didn't have a smartphone at the time. We have like our Motorola flip phones. Like if I want to put a date on myself, um, Motorola flip phones that didn't have internet service. And 
I, uh, so I'd go downstairs and sneak on the laptop in the middle of the night, or like I'd get on the family phone (laughs) and like call him and it would be like two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Um, you know, just thinking like my parents don't understand and they're just being like cruel and mean and, and, uh, cause they found out, you know, that I was talking to somebody. And so they told me no more. And of course I was like, there's nothing wrong with this. So I was sneaking around. And so I, we kept talking. He eventually was like, yeah, I'm going to come down to Boise to come see you. And I want to, you know, come look at the football program. And so we both coordinated it. My parents were out of town and his dad worked at the airport and he made sure that he went when his dad wasn't working. So like, it was a total like silent meeting. Um, we ended up meeting at the airport. It looked exactly like his pictures. Thank goodness. But he, yeah, we ended up hooking up. And so I lost my virginity to him and everything seemed good. It, his family, his mom found out cause his sister tattled on him. His mom found out that he was down in Boise. And so he had to go back. And that's when I kind of started noticing like these little inconsistencies in his story. We were talking every day saying like, I love you. I miss you. I can't wait for you to be here. And then out of nowhere, his, um, his sister reaches out and is like, you know, who are you? I want to talk to you, get to know you. And she ends up revealing to me like, yeah, so he's, he's not doing Boise state football. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Like that kind of makes sense because my dad found out and was like, yeah, if a recruiter is going up there, like they're serious. And he, you know, they would bring him down and do all this stuff. Anyways, I don't want to elongate the story too much, but she's like, yeah, he's not doing football. And he also is, you know, talking to one of my friends. I'm like, what, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, he's been talking to one of my friends for a while now. And it happened to be longer than like he had been talking to me. And so I confronted him about it and he's like, no, no, like, that's not at all. Like her friend is convincing her that like, she's in love with me. She's always been obsessed with me. Like there's, she stalks me on social media. Like she always comes over to the house, like looking for me, all this stuff. And so I was like, wow, this girl's crazy. Like totally believed him. Like, yeah, she's crazy. Well, she reaches out to me and she says like, yeah, no, we've been sleeping together. I don't know what he's been telling you, but like, we're sleeping together. And I'm like, what? The what? <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. I'm like the fuck? Yeah. But I already had it in my head. Like he had already kind of like jumped in there and was like, no, she's crazy. She's going to probably reach out to you and tell you like, that we've been sleeping together. She's going to say like all this stuff because she like has desperately wanted me the entire time that I, you know, she's been friends with my sister. She's wanted me. And she is like relentless. She like messages my friends, follows me around, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, yeah, yeah. Like he told me you're crazy. Like, would you just leave me alone? So of course I was like a little rattled because this is the first experience I've had with somebody who's like, you know, broken my trust like that. And so I message him and he's like, yeah, no, see, I told you she's crazy. She is going to tell you that, you know, this whole line of crap, just because she wants me for herself. And so I like, sadly and unfortunately like believed that story because I'll side trail off here. I also in that same family that I grew up in also grew up kind of like feeling emotionally neglected. Like if you had a hard day, you had to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out yourself. 
Um, I also grew up undiagnosed ADHD, had no idea. It had never been diagnosed in my family except for bipolar, um, which had run on my mom's side. And so like mental health was not talked about at all. Like even the bipolar was not addressed. Like you just take your medicine and if you're off your medicine, you're being crazy, like just figure it out. And so I grew up feeling like I needed to please everybody um, because I always had to manage like my parents' emotion. Like, what am I going to walk into? Are you going to be happy, sad, angry? Like I had to figure that out on my own. And then I had to figure out my own emotions. Like I was feeling frustrated with school and feeling like I was always like the problem person. Cause I just didn't fit in with my family. And I always made my family late. Cause I could never get myself on time and like struggled to focus in school, even though I was considered a really good student. So, and I'm sorry, I should have started with that, but like the reason why I continued to like believe these stories from him is because I think deep down and after doing some soul searching after all of this, like I was trying to find somebody who accepted me just as I was rather than having to like prove that I was worthy of being loved. So anyways, I just wanted to segment that and say like, that's, that's part of the reason why I just, I believed it because I'm like, I, he, he loves me. He cares for me. I don't have to prove anything to him. Like I, and you had I want- no reason not to like, you know, yeah. you had no reason not to believe it. Yeah, exactly. So there's some time in between and like this story continues, like there, there's some time in between like the hit that, friend reaching out and him actually moving down. So he ends up, I think like a, maybe six months later, uh, moving down to Boise. I was going, I had just graduated high school. And so we'd been talking from like the end of my junior year, like all through senior year, cause he drift with my, with my family. Cause I was lying. I told them he was coming down. Um, and so yeah, my dad ended up coming to the airport and picking him up with me. Um, surprisingly, like my dad actually finally was like, okay, fine. Like if you guys, if he's, if you guys are going to behave, then sure. And so, um, he ends up moving down. I go to Boise state and he ends up moving into the quad across from Boise state, not going to school because he wasn't going to go to college. Um, he, you know, sold me that line of like, Oh yeah, you know, I decided not to go to school. I'm just going to work and I want to be with you. So he moved into the quad. Um, long story short, his roommates were not the greatest people. I found out later that they were into like dealing drugs (laughs) and I did not know that ahead of time or while it was all happening, but they were just savory people. So anyways, those savory people brought around like a lot of, um, other friends. And so I would go to school, come over and hang out. And I just didn't get along with them. Like they didn't like me, um, because I tried to be a wholesome person, like, you know, just do good by the world. And, uh, they just, they didn't like me. And so, and I, and I didn't really like them either. They were just hard to be around. So anyways, they kept bringing like these girls around, they were all guys and they kept bringing all these girls around. And there was this one girl who seemed nice enough. She, I noticed that she was interested in D and it made me really uncomfortable. I told him about it and he's like, there's nothing like she's, I don't like her. She's just kind of weird. And plus they're friends with my roommates. It's no big deal. Well, 
I was like, okay, sounds good. Nothing major happened, but I got into a car accident later that year and I lost my license. Cause I was the one who, who caused it. it was my first ever. And, uh, so 30 days I didn't have it. So I couldn't drive to go see him downtown. And he started getting like really distant in that time. And I was like, what's going on? He messaged me. He's like, no, it's not a big deal. I've just been busy working, like hanging out. So I'm just giving you some time to like chill. I know that you can't come see me. He didn't offer to come see me. So I was like, okay, sounds fine. I just had like this weird inkling because he started getting more and more distant. So like I tried to call him, he wouldn't answer his cell phone. So like I tried to call, he worked at the front desk of the quad. So I called his work phone and he said, or they answer it. And I'm like, Hey, is D working? And they're like, no, D doesn't work here anymore. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he doesn't work here anymore. So I'm like, there's a problem. I reached out to my best friend a at the time. And I'm like, there's something weird going on. Like he's been like hanging out with these people. I feel really unsettled. Like there's something in my gut telling me something is really, really wrong. And I will say like all along, like there was, as time went on with him, like I started noticing inconsistencies and stories and like all the things that happened in the past were compiling. I just started getting like these really intuitive, deep gut feelings, like something was not okay. And so finding out that again, here's another lie. Like he's not at work. He hasn't been working there. They told me, yeah, he hasn't been working here for like a month. Well, it's like about the time that I lost my license. Like, and he told me he's been working the entire time. I'm like, what the heck? So I call a, and I'm like, Hey, will you take me down to the quad? Because I also at that time didn't know how to manage my emotions. So I got a little psycho. I will admit, like I, I had some psycho episodes where I was like, I'm going to go find this bitch and like, talk to him be like, what the hell are you? Why the hell are you lying to me? So a comes, picks me up. We go down to the quad. I walk into the front door. Somebody else is working there. And I'm like, yeah, like how, so what's going on with D? They're like, yeah, he, he hasn't been working here. He got fired for theft. And I'm like, what? Yeah. He got fired for stealing the free laptops. They would give students for like renting there. He was like taking them. And with these drug people, like selling them for money and getting the money back. Anyways, I probably shouldn't have known that, but that's what they told me. They were like, yeah, it's fired for theft. And I'm like, what the hell? So I go up to his apartment, knock on the door and sure as shit, who opens the door, but him, the look on his face was absolutely priceless because it was just like this pure, like blood draining. You could see it like literally draining through his face. And I was like, we need to talk. And of course, a stand behind me, like arms crossed, like, <laughs> you know, you're going to deal with us. So all of his roommates are there. These girls are there. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I go in, we go into his room, you know, argue it out. I'm like, why are you lying to me? What in the hell is your issue? And he's like, I was just embarrassed. I didn't want you to know that blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, dude, what? You don't have to lie to me. It's okay. Like you can just be honest, but I'm like, what's going on? I feel like something's weird. And He's like, no, nothing, nothing is going on. Like, yeah, I've been a little bit secretive because my roommates are kind of getting me involved in some stuff. I don't want to be involved in That's I just want to protect you. And I was like, oh dude, like, okay. Okay. Like, I appreciate you wanting to protect me, but like, get out of here. Like if we can get you somewhere else, like let's get you out of this apartment. So like we leave, his roommates are mean mugging me. They used to call me a tomboy because I dressed up in just like a jeans and t-shirt every day. Like they were like, she's not girly. She's not cute. Like you should date somebody else, blah, blah. So they're sitting there mean mugging me. And 
you know, a couple of the girls there doing that. And I'm like, just, you know, screw all of you took off with my friend. Don't remember much of the details in there, but I know that one of the girls there is the one that he, that I was concerned about. And so he had mentioned to me, I think in that conversation, I was like, or maybe not that exact conversation, but I only remember that she came up on my radar because he told me that she had had a big cross tattoo on her side. And I'm like, how do you know that it's the middle of the winter? Like, how do you know? And he's like, Oh, well, cause like she told me that she did well come to find out that much later in the story, much later in the story that uh, he'd seen it in person while the top was off and he was sleeping with her. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm failing to recollect like that part of the story, but like it was brought up somehow like about tattoos and things like that. He's like, yeah, I got another tattoo, blah, blah, blah. Like try to divert the story. Ended up telling me like it was the artist that did her cross. And I was like, Oh yeah. How do you know? It's like this. He's like, it's a cross that goes from like her armpit down to like her hip. And I'm like, oh, that's that's like a big area of space that you'd have to like see it in person. She'd not have to have her top on and stuff. So anyways, uh, yeah, so that girl was there. I had no idea there was anything going on between them. But I found out at the end of our relationship that he did, in fact, sleep with her. His friends reached out to me, his old roommate. So he ended up like breaking off from them and moving somewhere else and like, I guess, fucked them over big time. And so they were looking for him and all of a sudden they became like good friends with me. They're like, Hey, Lauren, do you know where, Oh, sorry. D is (laughs) all right. His name's out. We'll cut it out. (laughs) Do you know where D is? And they brought me a recording of this girl saying like, yeah, no, we did sleep together. And we slept together lots of times during that month. Like, around that, that same time, I couldn't go see him. Like, yeah, we were hooking up like pretty consistently. He told me he was like not seeing her anymore. And then when she showed up, he told me that she was just being crazy and, you know, just couldn't like move on past their breakup. We had not talked about it at all. He like literally left before I left, like he walked me outside and like kissed me so that she couldn't see anyway. So he's feeding like us totally different stories. And so anyways, that was, that was the first time that like I had heard of him like possibly being intimate with somebody else while we were actually like dating and together. And so that happened. And then a little bit longer down the line, like we're kind of having a rough patches of just like, he's being really fishy. I didn't feel comfortable after that whole like thing about him sleeping with T the girl who had the cross on her side. I just, I got really wary of his stories. And so I was starting to get to that point where I'm like, yeah, like, I love you. I'm kind of hanging on to you. I still want to please you. And I want you to like me, but at the same time, I'm getting kind of tired of your shit. So, um, so things weren't great. I did figure out his Facebook profile, uh, like login and cause he would just like leave shit open. And so I, learned his Facebook profile that there's my psycho thing. Number two, I had such an anxious attachment with him that I was like, or fearful attachment that I was like, I got to know what's going on. So, uh, I will admit I'm not proud of it, but my gut instinct was like so strong that I was like, I have to find out like what's going on behind the scenes. I know that Facebook was like the main mode of communication for most people back in the day, like in the 2009, 2010. So I got into his Facebook and I was studying with a friend down at Boise state. She and I had become quick friends and she knew D and she didn't really like him. She didn't want to tell me, but she's like, I just, I don't know about him. Like you're constantly having issues and things like that. And so I, uh, 
uh, I was with her. I, he was being, I don't know what it, what triggered it, but he was being really fishy again, just like secretive withdrawing, um, you know, telling me like, yeah, no, everything's fine. It's all good. But I got into his Facebook and I found a message from my best friend a on his Facebook. So like I get into it and there's this banter back and forth of them being like, yeah, you know, I do like you. I think you're cute. Then she would respond like, yeah, I totally think you're cute too. And she was also a virgin at the time. And I finally got down to the bottom message and it was like, her. I want to show you what it's like to not be a virgin. My best friend. <laughs> I'm my sorry, best what? Friend. Yeah, yeah, my best friend. The uh, one that went to the apartment with you? The one that went to the apartment with me. The one who knew that I was having issues with him, like, lying and being fishy. She was, of course, the one I vented to about all of it, blah, blah, blah. Like, there was a message where she's like, oh, I totally would. And he's like, yeah, I would want to show you what it's like to not be a virgin. And I'm standing there in at Boise State with my other friend, like, freaking the fuck out. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, that is when it totally just blew up for me because I'm like, first, this girl in Alaska is telling me that you are sleeping with her. I don't believe her. You tell me she's crazy. Then your friend's that you live with are telling me that you were sleeping with this girl T she admits on an actual phone call that they recorded that she slept with you. And now my best friend, now my best friend, aside from that, there were also messages from Craig between he and a person in Craigslist who she was an adult, like she was selling adult services and was telling him how much it costs for like sex acts. Yeah. So two in one night I was like, fuck you. I'm done. So I, of course, it's just the quads just a way away. Like we go over there and I'm like, screw you. I'm done. I'm over this. Like I can't, I'm like, I cannot, cannot do this anymore with you. Of course he's like begging and pleading. He's like, it's not serious. Like I would actually never do that. Blah, blah, blah. Like still trying to feed me that story of, yeah, you know, I'm still faithful to you. I haven't actually done it. Like I never slept with T. I would never sleep with A. Like she's your best friend. I could never. And I'm like, I just can't believe that anymore. So like the next day I even message my best friend and I tell her, I'm like, look, like not cool. Not okay. Not okay. Uh, and that's where my friendship breakup comes in. I'm just like, screw you. I'm done. We're not going to talk anymore. It's totally disrespectful. You know, the heartache he's put me through already. And so yeah, he tried super, super hard to win me back. He would send me like messages every day. And it was finally to the point where like my empathy and this sick, twisted part of me that was like, oh my gosh, I just, he's like heartbroken and he's like really feeling bad. And, you know, it doesn't really matter like how my, my feelings don't really matter. He's the one that's hurting. And I do feel for him. Uh, he kind of like manipulated that story. And so I sadly, like probably a few months later, like passed the situation and continue dating him. And that is, it's so fucked up now that I think about it. I'm like, why did I do that? But I still just had like this, like gaping hole. I'm like, he took my virginity. We, you know, been through all of this together. He moved down here to be with me. Feels bad. I feel bad. Like, let's just try and work it out. So and I was like, yeah, he didn't actually cheat on me. <laughs> so we got back together. Things were okay for a while. Um, 
for the most part, uh, he ended up moving in with uh, some of my friends from high school that I worked at uh, a pizza place in CUNA. Uh, all of them were my coworkers, so he moved in with them. And this is kind of like where Dallas comes in because <laughs> she ended up marrying somebody I used to work with at uh, this mm-hmm. pizza place. And um, yeah, things things were good. He and I were like, okay, there was nothing else that, like super bad that popped up, but it was towards the end of our relationship, like in 2011, that um, things started coming up again. There's one other story that I wanted to share before I jump into Dallas's side of things, but like it was around Halloween time and there was a girl that we used to go to the hookah bar with and she was known for being kind of like a homie hopper. She'd like sleep with all the guys and like whoever she possibly could. She was pregnant at the time with some random guy's baby. Um, and so she was like hanging out with us. She ended up, uh, she ended up hitting on D and she was telling me too. She's like, Oh my gosh, if I could just have one night with him, like joking around with me about it. And I'm like, that's, you know, you're not, not going to happen. Sorry. Well, not to get into the meat and details of it. Anyway, her best friend reaches out to me and says, Hey, I need to tell you something. They've been sleeping together. And I'm like, again, <laughs> like again, she's like, yeah, he, he's been sleeping with her and, and yeah, they've been like hooking up a ton of times. Like I even have Instagram messages that I sent him. Let's see if I could find, I had them pulled up. Sorry. Wait, you still have those? Okay. I'm ADHD. And I will say that when I move on from a message, it just sits there until the inbox is full. Like I have probably like 25,000 unread email messages in my inbox. No, (laughs) I'm like the same way. I was just like super surprised that you actually like remember that you have those messages. (laughs) Well, I do because it'll be like the very end of my story um, because he popped up again later. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh yeah. I had the one that I was going to read to you guys, like, uh, pulled up first, but anyways, so I, I, I heard about it. I confronted him about the, the girl that he had supposedly been sleeping with and was like hanging out with all of our friends. I'm like, so I just found out that you, and I'll call her Sam. So I just found out that you and Sam had sex a lot before you left. Thanks for letting me know that. I'm going to go get tested for a nasty disease. You might've given me, you know, manipulative, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to, uh, that's a real thing. Yeah, exactly. But it is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Please be fucking honest with me about it, please. I want to know. So I can at least stop wondering about it. And he goes, no, why the hell would I? She's fucking gross and crazy. Not my deal. Who told you this? I told you that there's none of this. That's it. And to lie to you about this. I was like, her friend, she looked at me like I was stupid because she said she knew about all of the other ones that you'd slept with before. <laughs> I got upset and everyone there had my back. And anyways, I was like, so everyone there had my back. She said that you and Sam both said that you had sex like a million times when she would go over to your place. He sends me this message back. Like, this is an example of like what he would say. You're really going to believe one of her friends right, Lauren, I can give you five good reasons why I wouldn't. She's pregnant. She's crazy. Ew. 
She's hella nasty and has slept with over 22 guys and five. Ew, all caps. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad she's gone. She's a bitch. Sam is fucking crazy. And have I told you I love you today? <laughs> uh, please ignore them. Please believe me. Sam is so gross. I wouldn't even think about it. The thought of that makes me want to barf. Like literally, she's not attractive at all, honestly. But enough of that. How's your day going, babe? Feeling any better and getting some sleep finally? And then sends me another message. I love you, sweetie pie, so much. Love you with a ton of hearts. And then oh my I didn't respond. Yeah, later okay. in the morning, like, I hope you're not mad at me because none of it's true. I don't like when you're mad or upset with me. I love you, Lauren, heart. I'm like, I love you too. It's just a hard, it's hard to hear it all. It's a huge shock. And then I, that's all I responded. And later he's like, so you don't believe me? Question mark. And He's like, you totally ignored everything that I said. I'm like, I'm just processing. So mm -hmm. yeah, it like, that's the kind of thing that would go on after I'd find this stuff out. So I didn't ever get confirmation from him that it happened until later when I'm sitting around with all of his roommates and my coworkers, he, he had ended up like, oh gosh, and this is where the timeline gets a little fuzzy. I moved away and mm -hmm. he had started messing around. And I think that's when you had reached out to me. Do you care that I share this? By the way, I didn't ask you. No, that's totally fine. Um, I I think that I've just kind of like obviously we're friends yeah. now. Like yeah, we go, we, we're friends. Like we're yeah. over it. And yeah. like it's the running joke. It like still in the friend group. Like with yeah. M, like oh. that he he's douche, douche. That's yeah. all he's known as. So yeah. like I'm okay yeah. with it. Okay. Sounds good. Well, um, I had moved away. Um, so like after all of this kind of stuff had happened, I had moved away to go do some nonprofit work in Philadelphia. So I could move all the way across country and he and I were still talking. He would, you know, call me all the time, tell me, love me, blah, blah, blah. Keep, you know, just keep in touch with me. Like a normal long distance relationship would, I had no inkling that anything was wrong. And then he just started kind of getting distant about half of my time there. Like he, again, did the same thing, pull away, not talk as often, seemed kind of short and clipped. And so he told me, he's like, yeah, nothing's wrong. Like we're all good. And then just kind of like ghosted me for like a month. And in that time, like we hadn't actually like broken up. Like I still thought we were together. It was just like, why are you not talking to me? Uh, he ghosted me. Well, I came back found out he had been like arrested again for theft. He ended up getting another job at a rent-a-center and like rented a TV out to his friends and then they pawned it for money. So like that's petty theft. Anyways, he went to jail, didn't told me he was like, I was embarrassed. I didn't want to tell you that. But then you reached out to me and you said, Hey, not to share the nitty gritty details. Cause I actually think I put this part of it out of my mind as well, because I'm like, in my mind, you and I were always fine. And we were always fine up until that point. And it's because he manipulated both of us. Like he manipulated me. And you told me like, Hey dude, just FYI, like you and I weren't like, like, it wasn't like it was my best friend, but you and I still like were hanging out part of the friend group. But yeah, ended up anyways, I, I don't, I don't remember exactly all of the conversation. Cause I think I was just at the point where I was like, Oh my gosh, what's happening. You would reach out and said like, Hey, he totally manipulated me. Like just FYI told me like you guys were broken up and we did end up sleeping together. And he's, you know, pretty much telling me 
that you're crazy and that nothing's going on. And then he told me the same things. Like I reached out and he told me, he goes, no, Dallas is crazy. Dallas is, you know, just, you know, she's psycho. Just like he did in that message about Sam. He's like, yeah, uh, she is, you know, she's lying. I would never do that. Uh, you know? And so I told you, I remember telling you like, sorry, but like, I don't believe you, <laughs> which, which is I remember really, that really, I know really sad because I know that you had gone through a tough relationship in high school too. And like, mm-hmm. and that person that you had dated too, C was it C C, uh, was, Oh yeah. C yeah, that guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I hate to dredge up the past between no, us. No, it's um, totally fine. But yeah, even C was like, oh yeah, you know, he and I had a pretty decent relationship through high school and like after two. And so like, of course, he, you know, you told me that he wasn't great and I didn't see it, of course, that naivete. And so I'm like, well, maybe she is lying to me. Like, you know, he just was on it. Like, I would never do that. They're crazy. And so I, it essentially ended our friendship, you and I, because I was like, well, you know, if she's going to tell me that, then, you know. And he's, you know, telling me that he hasn't, he's just so adamant about it. Like, I guess I believe him. And so it essentially ended our friendship. And then he ended up, did he end up actually messing around with your sister who was underage? Yeah. Um, we don't know for sure. Um, because my sister wouldn't tell us, um, she was protecting him. Um, but we are like, fairly certain that he was messing around with my 16 year old sister who I then had guardianship at the time. Yeah. And she was what, like he, and he was 20, like 20, mm-hmm. 21. I think he turned yes. 20 he lived here. So yeah, he did clearly like a non-consensual relationship there. So anyways, it was like shortly after that too, he like was going after your sister and that's mm-hmm. when Cause he, she had like been locked in his room all night and I left, I like literally was there that night and left. And then she ended up in his room and people were like, I know that you and, uh, you and your husband were up in arms about it because. Of, oh like, yeah. yeah. We were you know? so pissed. And I remember yeah. that night, yeah. um, because like, it was awkward. Like we weren't friends anymore. Um, but like Tigger and I were super pissed off about it because yeah. Yeah. like, I don't want to get in trouble as I, I guess as the guardian, um, mm-hmm. because not I'm 18. Not only that, your sister's being assaulted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether she consents or not, it's assault. Right. Yeah. And I, uh, when I lost my virginity to him, I was 17 and he was 19. Like this is a running, this is kind of like a running thing. Granted, like I was, I was old enough, like in my mind to make that decision. But like, if I would have known as I do now to not do that, I wouldn't like, you're just Mm -hmm. acting on like what you're feeling. And so anyways, I feel like I've drugged the story out so long. No, you didn't. No, you, you say what you need to say. Like, (laughs) Well, that's why 16 and 17 year olds aren't legally allowed to give consent to adults. Yeah. Right. Right. Because you don't have the ability to process the ramifications of it all. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, yeah. So that, that all kind of came to a head. So when I heard from my, my, from D's roommates and my coworkers that that all of that had gone down, I, I essentially like had had enough. Like we got to the point where I was like, okay, this, 
like is a blaring issue. I should have stopped the first time I had a gut instinct that something was going on and I should have stopped. I should have stopped and just like walked away. But again, I was like trying to get somebody to just love me for who I was. That I was like, I will just accept whatever I've been given, like whatever, like meager, small little bits of attention and love you can give me, I'll take it and like run with it. And so I just finally got to the point where I was so emotionally tired and done that I was like, screw you. He told me he was moving back to Alaska, that it would hopefully fix some things. And he left. I was brokenhearted crying. His roommate saw him off at the airport. Like, I was like, okay, you know, maybe we'll see each other again. But I, at that time was like in the middle of being done and being like, okay, what do I do now? Well, I think like a short couple weeks after that, all of us from the pizza place were hanging around and they, one night we were just super slow and they were like, they were talking about him. And I believe it was Ticker who started the conversation and was like, yeah, so you're still talking to him. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of talking to him a little bit. Like everything seemed to like settle down now that not everybody was involved. And Ticker was like, yeah, so like, and then Rob, our friend who has since passed, like rest in peace. Um, rest in peace, me, rubbish. <laughs> yes. Um, he, he was like, yeah, so we know that he actually did sleep with like these people because Sam came over a bunch. She would disappear in his room. We could hear them like doing it. Yeah. Like we can confirm Dallas's story. We are pretty sure that he slept with Dallas's sister, like you know, he told us that he did sleep with a girl like at the quad. He, um, there was another one in there. I had no idea about who worked at a coffee shop. Um, so I think he came to a total of seven people he cheated on me with. And every time it was like this, yeah. Song and dance of like, no, they're crazy. Like, I love you. You're the only person I could imagine. Like, being my wife and being the mother of my children. And like, I want to have a long future with you. And, and so it's just like, yeah, there were seven people in that whole entire time. It was just like, wow. Like my trust was completely demolished for, you know, I could not trust anybody. I know that Dallas and I made amends eventually. Like I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Like I bought into his bullshit lie and uh, I'm so thankful that you extended like forgiveness to me and that we just both were like, Hey, it's water off of our back. Like we're solid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate you even just like having the balls to reach out to me and be like, look, like this happened. I know it probably will hurt you, but like it happened and I'm really sorry. And I was the douche for being like, screw you, <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm, I'm really appreciative because it takes a lot of balls to stand up and, and own that. So I'm like, I respect you so much. And, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I actually ended up in another like serial cheating relationship after that a few years later. And I I know I could go into a whole another long like conversation about that because it's a lot more fresh. Um, but I didn't find all of that stuff out again until after he and I, because he was actually totally secretive. Like nobody reached out to me at all. I had no inkling that he was like cheating except for my into like my intuitive gut. Like he would take his phone everywhere. 
he would like disappear for a couple nights on end because we were living together down um, off of Bogus Basin Road and uh, he would disappear for a couple nights on end and I didn't find out until like a lot later he would he told people that we'd broken up like months before we actually had and he had been like just sleeping with everything and anything that walked like it was like 10 plus people (laughs) yeah so I yeah I, uh, after that, I, I just spent some time after that second serial cheating relationship, I spent some time like by myself. And I think this is where I'm going to get to like the learning point of it. Like, what did I gain out of all of this? I had started out like really hurt, really upset. Like, of course I became really like cynical and sarcastic because that was like my defense mechanism. And, I just kind of like shut off like the sweet parts of myself. Like my mom even was like, you're not who you used to be. Like you were sweet, vivacious, fun, like outgoing. And now you're just like withdrawn and kind of just angry and uh, just really bitter. And so I spent some time after that second relationship, like the second serial cheating relationship and being like, I need to focus on myself because I cannot go through another trauma like that. I cannot go through another relationship where I just like blindly ignore my red flags, ignore my gut, ignore like all of the signs around me. I cannot do that. Why am I doing this? And that's where I found that, you know, I took some communication classes through CWI and was like learning about attachment styles and things like that. And I learned like my relationship with my family is what pushed me to to be like this people pleaser and find, I was trying to find acceptance from people who I thought were important or people that I wanted to like me. I, I would do anything and everything to like, hold on to that because they gave, they filled me with something that I didn't get, which was like a certain type of attention. And I had to spend that time by myself going like, what went wrong. And I learned about personality mirroring and realized like I wanted acceptance so badly that like, I would kind of like pick up on what they were like and what they liked. I would listen to them and figure out what are your likes, what are your interests? And then be like, okay, so that's how I'm going to get them to like me is by liking those same things and getting into the same type of stuff that they were. So I lost myself to like what I thought they wanted me to be. And so when I found out about personality mirroring, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's exactly what I've been doing. I've just been like mimicking their actions so that I can be loved and accepted. And so I did a lot of soul searching and the main mantra that I focused on after all of that. And that I realized about my, you know, attachments as a child, all of that is that my value does not come from um, another person. It doesn't come from people accepting me. It doesn't even come from my parents. It doesn't come from, you know, any sort of religion. It doesn't come from any sort of like friendship or thing that I believe in. It strictly comes from the fact that I just exist on earth. I'm a human that exists on earth and I am valuable just for the fact that I exist. And so I think I really took that to heart over that year that I was complete, like year and a half, almost two years that I was completely single. I went to the gym, lost a bunch of weight, like started meditating. 
started reading self-help, some self-help books. Like I started talking about imposter syndrome, learned about that because that's something that really like impacts my life on a daily basis. Cause my value is equal to performance. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, that's how I was as a kid. And as ADHD kid, you learn that your value is based upon your output. And so I, I realized, um, that yeah, my value is just from the fact that I exist. And so I, I, did all those things and spent some time. I found my own hobbies and I would encourage anybody who's going through a situation where they find themselves lost in a relationship, like feeling trapped. It's like, find out who you are. And when you realize like who you are and the value that you carry, you're not going to just settle for somebody's bullshit. You're not going to, um, you're going to understand, like, I am worthy of better treatment than what I receive. And I'm not going to tolerate that relationship. I'm going to, move on and find people who are healthy. And so it's like, I can say now I'm married to a wonderful man who I did not have to chase. I'm married to a man who loved me exactly the way that I am. Um, the way that I look like he loves every part of me. And we have like this really just healthy, secure, like attachment. Like I don't, I trust him. He trusts me. We're transparent with one another. And, um, I found that like simply because I was not trying to attract somebody. I wasn't trying to like get people to like me. I just, it so happened organically that like I, I found it because I was focusing on myself. And I actually, when he asked me to be his girlfriend, I was like, um, I don't know if I'm ready (laughs) because I'm just so loving, like doing my own thing. And like, I found hobbies of like traveling and karaoke and camping and, you know, paddleboarding, snowshoeing and, and hanging out with friends and cooking and like all that stuff. I realized like there's a whole life. So if somebody can ask me like, what hobbies do you have? Like, what things do you enjoy? I'm like, I can tell you now, um, it's not based upon another person. So yeah. That's, uh, that's my story about Dean is cheating ass. <laughs> well, screw D, but I love your ending. That is beautiful. Thank you. I 100% agree. Your ending was just absolutely perfect. And I think that especially because he wreaked havoc on our entire friend group, Yes. Um, and obviously you, it's just that for you to find your own value and love and accept yourself out of all of this, mm-hmm. it could have gone a totally different way. But now uh-huh. that you're here and you've grown and you've healed, like it's such a profound experience for you. Absolutely. And what's even crazier. Oh, I was going to share this with you as well. What's even crazier is that D reached out in 2017, so like six years have passed, I had had him blocked on Facebook for a long time. And of course, like there was a point in time when I was, I was actually with cheating guy number two when he messaged me. It's so funny. Um, but like I had unblocked him after a while because I'm like, whatever, you know, I've moved past it, healing, I'm good. And he sent me this message. He's like, Hey, I know I'm probably not your favorite person that exists in the world, but you've been on my mind here and there lately. And I felt like I needed to message you and see how things are to also apologize for all the wrongdoings I did to you in time in the time that we were together. And after I was a, I was such a piece of shit and a terrible person. And I'm truly very sorry for anything I did to hurt you and your family. And I'm like, not everybody gets that. Like I'm super lucky, but like that helped also release some of that weight off my shoulders. I'm like, man, I got some closure here. Like he at least recognized that he fucked up and that he was wrong. And 
So yeah, I mean, all around, I think that also helped aid in my healing because again, bitterness is something that I really held on to for a long time. So I would encourage anybody who might be healing from it, that type of relationship to like, I told him, cause it's about like finding forgiveness sometimes too. And just like releasing, like I'm forgiveness is not for another person. It's for you. It's to help heal your own heart. And so I asked him, I was like, if you don't mind me asking what caused all of this like you reaching out to me, I mean, he's like, in the last year, I've done a lot of self-searching and changing, and I want to try and mend a lot of things around in my past. And I felt a strong urge to apologize to you. You were a huge part of my life for a while. And from time to time, I find myself wondering how you are and hoping you're having an amazing life. Plus, while I'm up at work, I have a lot of time to think and ponder. I said, I've done a lot of work on myself and I do wonder often and hope that you're doing well. Oh, I said, yeah, thank you. I, it means a lot for you to reach out and say that I will admit I've been incredibly bitter and hurt by what transpired. I spent a lot of my time being angry and honestly, even more heartbroken, but forgiveness is so much more important and even more freeing. I forgive you and hope that you're transforming into the person you hope to be. So I think that, yeah, another thing was just like learning how to move past that bitterness. And it is not easy. That is a journey. It is such a journey to find like any ounce of forgiveness in your heart for especially somebody who like took like the most sacred part of you, which is like that virginity and like something you've held. So like close to yourself, I just fully exposed myself to this person who like threw it in the trash. Like it was nothing and lied. So yeah, it just, it's come kind of like full circle. I realized like part of it was me and I don't want this to come across the bad way, but part of it was me like almost inviting it for the fact like I invited the wrong people in because I was searching in the wrong place to find acceptance and love. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's just, what a story. <laughs> it was yeah. Good. It is a good one. And I didn't even know like most of that, honestly. So yeah. that's, it, it was fun you know, uh, <laughs> learning about all this stuff <laughs> because I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. I, I also knew like deep down that something was wrong. I knew that something was not right. I had these like huge intuitive feelings, like this gut feeling something was wrong. And I would encourage anybody who has those feelings. It most likely is like, right. Or at least investigate why you're feeling that way. Because if you're paranoid and you have like an anxious attachment, like that's okay. But you know, sometimes you do want to investigate those things and, you know, just take a step back. Yeah. I think I was afraid to like reach out to you guys and my other friends, because if I told you guys what was going on, you would have told me what I already knew deep down inside, which was that there's something wrong. You need to break up with his ass. My parents long before I broke up with him knew I, I hit a lot. I hit a lot, but even my mom, like every time she hated when I brought him up, she's just like, you need to dump him. He is a loser. He's a loser. And I, if I would have told you that, I know you would have told me the same thing. And I didn't want to just let go. Cause I would have been lost. Like everything, all that time I'd invested all that perceived acceptance that I'd received would have been down the toilet. So it's like, even if you're feeling those inklings, like tell a friend because they might see something that you don't. And all of my friends at the end of it were like, yeah, dude, he was a loser. Like we could have all told you that. Like, I know, but I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And I think that that was like probably the hardest part, especially like, I guess for me personally, is that when I did like reach out and then I did get the response that I did and you still continue to work at the pizza place. So you're still working <laughs> with my then 
boyfriend yeah. and you know, all that stuff. Oh yeah. And I remember Taylor telling me about that conversation. I was like, Oh my God, she gets it now. Yeah. She got it. Like she yeah. figured it out. Yeah. And that made me so happy because like, even though we all saw what was happening and all the red flags, like for you to finally like see that and then accept what has happened. And it just, it was something that I, that we kind of celebrated for you, like in our, in our little <laughs> house, you know, like we yeah. were just like, she got it. She figured it yes. out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And I'm super thankful that like, you know, all of the other people that we worked with and like you eventually, like we all just kind of like came around and just had this like mutual acceptance of like, yeah, he was a douche. He's moved on. Like we're all good, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it was really, it was really good to be able to finally come together again and be like, man, screw that guy. We're all still friends and we'll have a good time. And (laughs) so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that, um, when we went out for Rob's birthday, I think that that was, actually like really healing even though our friend passed away like it was really healing just being able to like sit there and all of us reminisce about like how much of a douche he was and like how much he's wronged everybody in our friend group yeah yeah exactly I forgot that that's what we did that's how we made up yeah we went to yeah this like celebration of life and yeah yeah and I realized too like it's just crazy to me to like to know that it wasn't just me, like he fucked over so many other people. And it's just like, wow, I'm glad that he's finally coming full circle. I'm happy, but I know that it didn't end with me too. Like he has several kids by several women and he, he's like living on the East coast. Now. I only know this because he continued the conversation with me, like just kind of like small talking it a little bit. And then I finally, like, I finally just stopped it because he started trying to be like, I want to get to know you better again. And I'm like, Nope. No, like I cut it off. I was like, I'm in a relationship. I'm not talking to you in that way. Like I was transparent with my boyfriend at the time. I said, Hey, FYI, like this is big for me. I know it's probably concerning for you, but this is big for me. I'm transparent. You can see all the messages. It was just small talk about work. But like he told me been married, divorced, had kids all over the place, moved to the East coast. So he's like, kind of, I think even though he apologized to me, might still be doing those same things. So mm-hmm. just if you wanted an update, you know, unfortunately I would like to think that people can truly change. And they, I know there are people who have, but unfortunately, if you live that kind of life, it may be a lot of hard work to get out of that cycle. And if not, you're going to be stuck doing the same damn thing over and over again. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know any about that. Like once I blocked him on Facebook, I was just like, yep, I am done. I'm good, but yeah, cool. Good for him. He's like (laughs) living his best, best life. Cool. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) maybe who knows if he circled around back to you like I think that he's just like people are really figuring out a shit you know yeah yeah exactly exactly like let me try and rope in somebody from my past yeah (laughs) exactly yep exactly yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on. We sincerely like appreciate you and yeah, exposing you. your world. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to my ramble of a story. <laughs> no, it wasn't a ramble of a story at all. Don't even worry about it. Like it was good. I, I think that it, your experience is so, uh, you're not alone. Definitely. You're not alone. Yeah. So I, I hope that it helps other people. Yeah, totally. Well, good. Thank you yeah. guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
You can find Chaos and Cuss Words on our socials. On Instagram, we are chaos dot and dot cuss words. And on TikTok, we are Chaos and Cuss Words Podcast. Email us your stories at chaosandcusswordspodcast at gmail.com. And you'll be able to tell your story on air with us. Or we can also read your anonymous stories. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate every single one of you for listening. Be the chaotic good that you want to see in the world. Bye. Bye.